Hey everybody, it's Dan Dan, and today we are diving into a study of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, and today we are on tradition number 12. Not the final tradition, it's just the last one in this list. It doesn't mean we're all finished, and we've like, I did tradition 12, so I don't ever have to think about it again. Because I know a lot of us think that about the steps, like I did a step. You don't do a step, you learn a step, you practice a step, and you live that thing out the rest of your life. Hopefully the numbers do fall away, and it just becomes a way of living. Anyway, tradition 12 is really important for us. It's sort of the foundation for the whole deal, and it involves this word called anonymity. Anonymity. And some of us think we know what that word means, and then if you're anything like I was in the program early on, I didn't know what that word means. I thought it meant secret. I thought it meant secret society. I thought it meant that I never, ever, I got to take an oath and never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever say anything about AA. And of course, that turns out not to be true. And the great thing is the people that came before us, those guys that started this, the so-called founding fathers, the people that paved the path that we are on today, have already made a whole lot of mistakes. And through that excellent teacher, the perfect teacher of trial and error, they have come to this conclusion, which I think is so vital to what we do. Now, anonymity has got this progression of events in our lives. When we come into AA, we want to tell somebody. Some of us want to tell everybody, and it's going to talk about that person. And there's others that just want to tell a few people, but we all sort of go in this order. First, we tell our family, and they already knew. We say something like, I've joined AA. I think I'm alcoholic. And they're like, whoa, what do you mean? We've known that for a darn decade. And then there's your friends who also already knew, but may be completely floored or scared by the fact that you have joined AA. And then your work may find out, right? You might tell them, hey, they come to you and say, why are you working so much better? Why is this going so well? And you can say, oh, it turns out I joined AA because I'm an alcoholic. And then after that, there's the public. And this is what this whole chapter is about, is about how we interact as members of AA, self-declared members of AA in the public. And just real quick, I want to revisit this idea that exists in tradition number six. Tradition number six sits right in the middle because it extends forward and backward across all these traditions. And it contains these words, money, property, and prestige, and that those things divert us from our primary purpose. And there's some of a story in every one of the traditions that relates back to this idea, or that you can relate back to this idea. And I believe that sense of that need for purpose, that sense of significance, that sense of stability and security that we've all been looking for, that we sought our solace in alcohol and drugs for, that's exactly what we think delivers it. And what this is going to tell us is, nope, that is not it. This is like the pinnacle contraindication, the antithesis, the opposite of the search for money, property, and prestige. So it's really, really important. So going back, who knows the actual definition of anonymity? For this conversation, we're going to use this definition, a lack of outstanding or individual or unusual features that you as a person are not going to try to be the outstanding, unusual feature in AA, that you're not going to try to be the AA individual, right? The AA guru in the reading today, it'll call it the Messiah. And we're going to take this down to a really simple idea 
that we remain impersonal, that we remain impersonal. There's a guy named Carl, he put it out there, that when you come to an AA meeting, that you leave what you are, your job or your husband or your whatever, your profession or whatever it is in the world outside of AA that you are. When you come into the door, you leave that out there. Not that it's bad, it just doesn't matter in AA. And when you come in, it's who you are, which is a recovered alcoholic as a result of these steps. So that's, and your responsibility, of course, that goes with that. So as we go along, we want to keep that in mind. Our definition of anonymity is impersonality, impersonality, that we do not do things to help fulfill our own selfish desires under the banner of AA. Hmm. So that's a lot to think about when we get started. It, it says that it's the basis of the whole deal. It, it's the thread that holds us together. It ties back to one. In unity, it ties back to two. It ties back to three. It goes right back to all of them, that anonymity is the spiritual foundation of everything that we do. We must preserve anonymity in the way that it is described in here. And the way that it is described in here is different, perhaps, than the way you thought it was when you got here. So here we go. Tradition number 12. Pull out that dusty guide, that thing you really don't want to read, the 12 steps and 12 traditions, and open it up to the 12th tradition. It says, anonymity is the spiritual foundation, the basis, the foundation of all our traditions, of all of them. None of them matter without anonymity ever reminding us to place principles, meaning the rule of the program or the society of the program, the 12 steps, the activities of the program, the conversations in the program, the spiritual elements of the program, who's there, what they say of the program, the principles of the program before personalities, making yourself look better, putting other people down, taking out that toxic gossip before your personality. The principle that AA, the good of the group, comes ahead of your own individual ambitions. So it opens up just like that. Here we go. The spiritual substance of anonymity is sacrifice, but it's not sacrifice of things that you really want to keep. It's really sacrifice of those character defects that you don't want to see out in the world or use because you may hurt people. Because AA's 12 traditions repeatedly ask us to give up personal desires for the common good. There's the foundation. We realize that the sacrificial spirit, well symbolized by anonymity, is the foundation of them all. It is AA's proved willingness to make these sacrifices that gives people their high confidence in our future. Did you hear that? Let's read that again. It's AA's proved agreement within itself. Willingness, the agreement I make within my own self as a group, it's the agreement we make amongst each other. Proved willingness to make these sacrifices, we've all agreed to do it, that gives people, everybody, all sorts of people, their high confidence in our future. But in the beginning, anonymity was not born of confidence. We screwed this up initially, didn't we? It was the child of our early fears. Our first nameless groups of alcoholics were secret societies. Hmm. So they're going to tell us that that wasn't the idea. New prospects could find us only through a few trusted friends. The bare hint of publicity, even for our work, shocked us. Though ex-drinkers, we still thought we had to hide from public distrust and contempt. So they were worried about 
what are they going to say about me? I don't want anyone to know I'm an alcoholic. And, you know, in our big book and other places in the literature and some of the pamphlets, certainly in stories, when you go hear them, the, the ridiculousness of that, how many people already know you're an alcoholic is pretty incredible. When the big book appeared in 1939, we called it Alcoholics Anonymous. Its forward made this revealing statement. It is important that we remain anonymous because we are too few at present to handle the overwhelming number of personal appeals which may result from this publication. So they were concerned. They knew this worked, right? Their lives have been changed. They're living miracles. What happens when you tell everybody, hey, I got this book and it's like a living miracle? It'll fix alcoholism. Think about that. So they were concerned about that too. Being mostly business or professional folk, we could not well carry on our occupations in such an event. Hmm. Between these lines, it's easy to read our fear that large numbers of incoming people might break our anonymity wide open. And it may, right? As the AA groups multiplied, so did anonymity problems. So here's our beginning of the trial and error stuff enthusiastic over the spectacular recovery of a brother alcoholic. So we're impressed. We're like blown away. And we want to tell somebody about it. We'd sometimes discuss those intimate and harrowing aspects of his case meant for his sponsor's ear only. And it's just our enthusiasm. It's our own shock, right? We're, we're surprised at how good it works, even though it worked for us too. The aggrieved victim would then rightly declare that his trust had been broken because it had. When such stories got into circulation outside of AA, the loss of confidence in our anonymity promise was severe. So they suffered this. This is not something he's talking about that didn't happen or could happen. They're just talking about something that did happen. And they had a severe loss as a result. Hmm. It frequently turned people from us. That's not a good thing, right? Clearly, every AA member's name and story two had to be confidential if he wished. So it doesn't, you decide this. You decide your anonymity level. And it's going to bring up that idea here in just a minute. This was our first lesson in the practical application of anonymity. So the first lesson is that you get to decide. I can't decide to tell your story, but you can decide to tell your story to whomever you would like. With characteristic intemperance, Characteristic intemperance. However, some of the newcomers cared not at all for secrecy. Hmm. Intemperance means without any regard for doing it moderately. Intemperance. So with the characteristic intemperance of the alcoholics, our extreme personalities, some of our newcomers cared not at all for secrecy. They're going to tell everybody this is the most fantastic thing since sliced bread. They wanted to shout AA from the housetops and did. Alcoholics barely dry, rushed about bright-eyed, barely dry, brand new, bright-eyed, the old pink cloud moment, buttonholing anyone who would listen to their stories. I can't wait to tell them how God saved me. Others hurried to place themselves before microphones and cameras. Hmm, that's something we'll address here in a minute. Sometimes they got distressingly drunk and let their groups down with a bang. They had changed from AA members into AA show-offs. Hmm, that's something really to think about, isn't it? You, you get this information and you really believe you learned something. I know I did. I really thought I've got something special. Now, of course, thousands and millions of other people have learned it ahead of me, 
and it has been available the entire time that I was drinking. But now that I've come to it, and this is the selfish, self-centered, egotistic nature of it, now that I've found it, now that I've garnered some understanding of it, now that I believe I've been saved, I must tell everyone, right? No, no, relax. And it, and it goes in that order. He's going to go through it here in a second. This phenomena of contrast really set us thinking. Squarely before us was the question, how anonymous should an AA member be? So there's some sort of level of anonymous. Hmm. Our growth made it plain that we couldn't be a secret society, but it was equally plain that we couldn't be a vaudeville circuit, which is like a variety show. You have a magician and you got some sort of dancing act and a juggler. We can't be that kind of thing either. The charting of a safe path between these extremes took a long time. Trial and error being the perfect teacher. As a rule, the average newcomer wanted his family to know immediately what he was trying to do. So there's family. He also wanted to tell others who had tried to help him, his doctor, his minister, and close friends. There's friends. As he gained confidence, he felt it right to explain his new way of life to his employer and business associations. There's work. When opportunities to be helpful came along, he found he could talk easily about AA to almost anyone. Hmm. These quiet disclosures helped him to lose his fear of the alcoholic stigma. Now, I want to point something out there, that it was his quiet disclosures helped him lose the fear of the stigma. It didn't make the stigma go away. People still think it. So people still have their prejudice or their preconceived notions of what alcoholism is or its impacts. So many people have interacted in their own family with alcoholics. They, they have that impression of it, right? That stigma's still there. It's telling his story helped him reduce the stigma. His goal wasn't to get rid of the stigma that other people have. It was for him to get comfortable with the fact that they have it and spread the news of AA's existence in his community. Many a new man and woman came to AA because of such conversations. Though not in the strict letter of anonymity, such communications were well within its spirit. That I'm using it to be helpful to others, that I'm willing to disclose the most Difficult things, it talks about it in the family afterward, that upon such a mission to disclose the most difficult things to someone it may help, I owe it to do it. I, I owe this debt to AA to be willing to go that far. It goes on, but it became apparent that the word of mouth method was too limited. Our work as such needed to be publicized. Our work, not Dan Dan's work, <laughs> our work. Our work. Dan Dan's work makes scare people. They'd be like, oh my God, that dude's a complete mess, right? It's got to be our work, that principal idea, the representation of God, God through us. So it goes, our work. Mm, the AA groups would have to reach quickly as many despairing alcoholics as they could. Consequently, many groups began to hold meetings which were open to interested friends in the public. We still have open meetings today so that the average citizen could see for himself just what AA was all about. Response to <laughs> the response to these meetings was warmly sympathetic. Soon, groups began to receive requests for AA speakers to appear before civic organizations, church groups, and medical societies, and we still do today. Provided anonymity was maintained on these platforms, meaning you didn't go out there saying, 
I am Dan Dan, and I am the pinnacle master of all AA things. I have a PhD in the 12 steps, and I literally know it better than any other person on planet Earth. That you cannot do. Though, I tell you, those people are definitely amongst us, right? Provided anonymity was maintained on these platforms and reporters present were cautioned against the use of names or pictures, the result was fine. So anonymity protects the principle, the message, the strength, the courage, the sovereignty of AA as a whole. Then came our first few excursions into major publicity, which were breathtaking. Cleveland's Plain Dealer articles about us ran that town's membership from a few into hundreds overnight. The news stories of Mr. Rockefeller's dinner for Alcoholics Anonymous helped double our total membership in a year's time. Jack Alexander's famous Saturday Evening Post piece made AA a national institution. Such tributes as these brought opportunities hmm, for still more recognition. Opportunities, right? We got to watch out for that word. Other newspapers and magazines wanted AA stories. Film companies wanted to photograph us. Radio and finally television besieged us with requests for appearances. What should we do? Well, that takes us right to this podcast and I can tell you what we did. We sat back and had some really serious conversations about this idea of anonymity and how do we practice it and put out this podcast. That's why here on the podcast, I'm Dan Dan the Healing Man and not my real name. It's not important who I actually am. And it's not important what I think I know. What's important is that we together, we together are getting ready or learning for the sake of that newcomer, that we're maintaining the sovereignty of the principles of the program. So long as we don't disclose more than we need to or claim any particular position or prestige or purpose or power or try to monetize or anything like that, we are well within this idea of anonymity and doing the service work that we're asked to do. It's not wrong to go out publicly, in other words, but it's wrong to go out publicly and lay claim to your success by your own personal identity combined with the name Alcoholics Anonymous. As this tide offering top public approval swept in, we realized that it could do us incalculable good. It could be amazingly good or amazingly bad or great harm. Everything would depend upon how it was channeled. Meaning what he's saying in there is, you know, what path are we gonna take with this? We simply couldn't afford to take the chance of letting self-appointed members present themselves as messiahs representing AA. So that's what I was talking about in the beginning. We don't have a right to go out as a AA guru or anything like that. And this the second reason for this podcast to be under a moniker like Dan Dan the Healing Man is because I'm a human being, alcoholic, nutcase, just like anybody else out there. And then we talk about a lot of really ide ideal and extravagantly uh, amazing things here. I don't live up to it to the perfect standard by any means either. So it's important that I don't put myself out there as someone who actually lives this out all the time, every single day, absolutely flawlessly, because that would be ridiculously off. It'd be so far off. I'm just like anybody else. I just like to do this kind of stuff. So that's really what it boils down to, is just using something I enjoy doing to communicate to you guys. And I have no need for any type of money, property, or prestige to do it. We're not after that. We really, truly just want to communicate a great message 
on out there about Alcoholics Anonymous and give some insights, some things for you to talk about in your meetings and with your sponsors and amongst each other, just some maybe new ideas. The promoter instinct in us, the promoter instinct in us, the I'm so great, the ego instinct in me, the I've mastered this thing in me, the promoter instinct in us might be our undoing. If even one publicly got drunk or was lured into using AA's name for his own purposes, like to make money, the damage might be irreparable. At this altitude, press, radio, films, television, we might say podcast and the internet and Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff, right? Anonymity, 100% anonymity was the only possible answer. Here, principles would have to come before personalities without exception. Hmm. These experiences taught us that anonymity is real humility at work. In the long form, it calls it genuine humility, real humility at work. It is an all-pervading spiritual quality which today keynotes or weaves together the entire message, keynotes AA life everywhere, moved by the spirit of anonymity. We try to give up our natural desires for money, property, and prestige because they divert us from our primary purpose, our natural desires for personal distinction, for personal distinction, that we want to keep this thing impersonal. That's where that idea comes from, that anonymity equals impersonality. We want to put away personal distinction as AA members, both among fellow alcoholics within AA and before the general public. As we lay aside these very human aspirations, they're not bad, they're perfectly normal, they're your instincts, they just don't belong here. As we put, as we lay aside these very human aspirations, we believe that each of us, you, me, and everyone else, each of us takes part in the weaving of a protective mantle, which covers our whole society and under which we may grow and work in unity straight on back to the first tradition. We are sure that humility expressed by anonymity self-sacrifice, impersonality, to give up our natural desires for personal distinction expressed by anonymity is the greatest safeguard, the most important thing, the greatest safeguard that Alcoholics Anonymous can ever have. So we're not a secret society and we can on our own decide to publicly disclose who we are, and that we as an individual, as I am a member of AA, but we are not to disclose other people as members of AA, nor represent ourselves as a spokesperson or any type of capacity of authority on AA. I can say I'm a member. Our fourth tradition says, who gets to declare Dan Dan a member? Dan Dan gets to declare himself a member. That's who, and nobody can keep me from it. In the public, I can say it and talk about me, but I cannot talk about you. And that's the whole idea around anonymity. So something that's come up and something to really think about. Here's, here's a funny idea, right? I definitely kept my drinking anonymous at times. There were times I really didn't want anyone to know I was drinking. And I know a lot of you relate to this. There were times that I hid it and I put on mouthwash and I took showers. And I knew I stunk from the night before and I didn't want anyone to know I was drinking. I completely get this anonymity thing. And I know that I was out with other people that I didn't want anybody to know I was out with. 
I definitely didn't want them saying, oh, I was hanging out with Dan Dan last night. We was chugging handles of wild turkey. Nope. I didn't want anything like that going on. So if you're like me, if you're an alcoholic like me, if you're a part of the garden variety, hopeless type of alcoholic who cannot stop once you get started and develops the cravings and the obsession and oh my gosh, and it gives up wife and family and money and job and everything else. If you're anything like me, you've done stuff like that. So you get this. You get this. But in certain crowds, I wanted to brag about the very same things. And what we're saying is that that instinct is somewhat normal, exaggerated in us alcoholics, that promoter instinct in us. And what we can talk about is this is, what would it be like if Alcoholics Anonymous required you to give a public statement about your alcoholism in order to join? What would that be like? You see that in churches, don't you? You'll see that out in the world in different things. You got to take some sort of oath, you know, you got to go through some initiation, right? Who knows? What if that was the case? And if you've had your anonymity broken, because a lot of us that have been around a little while, we've had that happen. Or we broke it ourselves and suffered the consequences of doing that. What was that like? Tell us a story. I'll tell you one for me. I uh, joined Alcoholics Anonymous, and just like it says, I went. I wanted my mom to know. My mother, very concerned about me and treated me well no matter what. If you read the two wives section, there's a place in there where it says, even after they go on a spree to treat them decent, and a number of words, we won't get into it, but my mother followed that to a T. She was always kind to me, always at an open door, and right on the other side of that, very firm and clear that she did not want me to drink and was very concerned for my life. I join AA and I call her about a fifth or sixth meeting and I, I tell her I, I was going to AA. And my mom immediately put it on Facebook. Hey, Dan Dan joined AA. It was like, what? And so I had to call her up and say, hey, the second word in AA, it, it matters. And though I very much was glad, I, I loved the idea that my mom was showing me some approval because I hadn't had that in years. I was also kind of freaked out. I didn't want anyone to know. I was brand new and I didn't know if I could hang in there or not. I didn't know anything about the steps. I'd been around AA and been in rehabs and jails and all that. I'd never really worked the program. I, I, I was somewhat familiar with it, but oh my gosh, the pressure seemed like it was on. And for me, that was the big deal. The pressure was on and I just didn't think I could live up to the way my mother reacted. Could I really be that good? And here's the second thing. We want to get pats on the back. We're funny about this. We want to get pats on the back for just coming to the zero mark, right? We've just come to the baseline, the, the place where everyone lives every day and doesn't even think about it. We want credit for meaning that there's normal people out there without drinking problems that don't think they've done something great when they go to work three days without being drunk, right? They don't think that's great. They, they're like, well, I mean, that, that seems like the very least you could do, the, the zero mark, right? The base of the whole deal. And we're the kind of people that are like, hey, look what I did. And we got our chips and there are participation trophies and that kind of thing. Just watch out for the anonymity. It is the spiritual foundation of all, the whole thing, and it is vital to us. So talk about anonymity. How is approaching this with an impersonality or a lack of personal need or desire been beneficial to you? And when that hasn't happened, how has it hurt you? I hope you guys have a great discussion.